The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Boston. What's happening? It's Dave. The sun is shining. It's what day is today? I, Bob Lee, what day is today? I forget. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Okay, you're listening to this on a Thursday or a Friday or something like that. It doesn't matter. This is the world of podcasting. Forget time. Forget all such uh, structure in your life and just uh, sit back and listen to the magic of conversation and storytelling that you hear on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. I'm going to get to my guest, Bob, one of the more interesting guys you will ever meet. You, that's where that's what you got to live live up to, Bob Lee. So I hope you're ready. Uh, as a, as a teaser, Bob Lee, he works for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. He is uh, the chief analyst for MCAS. So all you people who've been complaining and bitching about MCAS for all these years, Bob Lee is going to tell you why it's not a huge waste of time. It may be a hassle, but it's absolutely worth it. You see these these uh, hurdles I'm setting up for you, Bob. I hope yeah. you're able to. To jump over them. Hey, M- MCAS is like uh, it's like going in for your inoculations when you're when you're a child. <laughs> it's something you have to live through. It's there for the herd. Yeah, you got to get the shots. You get the shot, and then you leave, and you feel better. And that's uh, maybe you, you, maybe you hate it, but uh, the 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 society benefits. I have no doubt that you will be persuasive on that point. Um, let's take some calls. Jim in Southboro. No, I'm just kidding. We don't take calls on uh, a podcast. What are you, crazy people? Anyway, you're listening to the Boston Podcast on pod617.com. If you'd like your own podcast, please visit us in our Westwood studios. How do you do that? We'll go to pod617.com. That's the last time I'm going to say it. Uh, do I have to do everything for you people? I mean, I'm I'm such a wreck this morning. I once again forgot to turn off uh, my email uh, notification. Bob, you were supposed to remind me. No, he wasn't. Um, so thank you. This, uh, this represents the uh, 42nd show in a row where I forgot to turn off my email notification. Thank you. You know, I, I mean, I couldn't have done it without uh, my absent-mindedness, without uh, people distracting me all day. You get the point. But uh, to tease a little bit more here, as we talk to Bob, we are going to talk about MCAS a little bit. But Bob has a story about being held uh, uh, captive in a, a dark, strange place in Edinburgh, Scotland in 1987. If that isn't enough to titillate you people, then you have no pulse. Spooky. Yeah, spooky. And we love to tell stories on... Uh, the Boston Podcast, because uh, as you know, Bob Lee, there's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story, right? Indeed, Dave. Yeah, I know. I'd like to talk it. about the about the throne. If you if that's still a topic, oh, that yeah. you get into. Sure, we'll get it. Bob also happens to be a Game of Thrones aficionado, and if that isn't enough, at the tail end of the show, time permitting, we'll tell you a couple of different podcasts you should be listening to. Not not necessarily here on the Boston Podcast Network, other ones because uh, we're fans and we're pod heads. By the way, Bob. Uh, don't ever try to use the word podophile. It just it doesn't work. Trust me. Many reasons it doesn't work. So, but let's let's uh, let's get into this. You are the chief analyst of, of MCAS. How long has MCAS been around? Remind me. Uh, MCAS was created by the Ed Reform Act of 1994. Uh, there was a big 
lawsuit, a class action lawsuit by students from 11 low-income communities in Massachusetts that said, hey, we're not getting what the other people are getting. And if you read, you don't even have to read that closely. Look at the at the state constitution written by John Adams, 1776. And it says that uh, wisdom, knowledge, and virtue diffused are essential for for the uh, preservation of liberties in the in the Commonwealth, and and that being mm -hmm. said, we the Commonwealth and it, all of their legislator legislatures and magistrates to come must cherish and support the. Uh, He's not reading the public it. schools. He's not reading this, by the way, of the Commonwealth. It's off the top of his head. Did it they is. make? Did they make you uh, memorize section that? five? I have it on my wall in my office. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. It's a, so. A, yeah, so it was a demand for uh, in a justified constitutional well, guarantee. Yeah, the, guarantee. well, the SJC yeah. ruled that uh, in the favor of the plaintiffs said, "Yeah, you're not getting you're not getting um, your share of the education. You're not be, it, the wisdom, knowledge, and virtue are not being diffused in the." And the legislature and the magistrates have not ensured it because, as you know, you know we're, we're a bunch of townies. So we, 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 each of us have, has our own school system, and some of those school systems were run brilliantly, and others not so brilliantly. Yeah. And uh, the students in the low-income communities didn't have the resources, didn't have, in some cases, nepotism. Uh, you know, when your school committee appoints the school teachers like they used to before the Ed Reform Act, mm -hmm. uh, there was relatively little control over the over what the school teachers, uh, what the, the curriculum was that they provided. Anyway, the, the, when the SJC uh, made its ruling, the legislature immediately responded with the Ed Reform Act of 1994, and uh, they and and with that, uh, two billion dollars more a year from the from the state taxpayers went into went into uh, supporting through Chapter 70 mm -hmm. the public schools of Massachusetts. But it, it wasn't like they were just going to give the money. They, we we tried that through Title One, just giving money with no with no standards. Mm -hmm. The uh, in the left hand was the cash, in the right hand came the accountability. They said you're going to also teach these curriculum frameworks, which we're going to have to write and invent, by the way, for math and English and and science and later history and foreign yep. languages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the MCAS uh, was designed to align with those curriculum frameworks to make sure that the students were were. In, in, in towns like Brockton and in Rockland and in Springfield, those were those are three of the plaintiff cities, that the that the students had access to the to the education that they uh, that, that was necessary for them to be yeah. uh, uh, properly educated and properly getting the wisdom. Not what did you say? Wisdom, wisdom, no knowledge, and virtue Wis diffused. Wisdom, knowledge, and virtue. That that was my favorite Southern rock band of the late seventies. I like their early stuff though. Uh, you know, once they went pop, it was like a kind of terrible. But okay, so you've 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 given us the um, the background and the framework. But to those that say um, it's a pain in the ass, it's uh, it's like checking a box. It's like. It's uh, parents say, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm stressed out that my kids have to do this and the kids are complaining and everyone's complaining. To what do you say that? Well, if, you, if you're from a family that, uh, you know, maybe your parents uh, both went to college <laughs> and maybe dad, dad's a lawyer. Uh, for them, maybe it is like checking a box, and, and it's it's like it's like building the herd immunity. You're making sure that they were taught the frameworks, and and if your if your child has a 99 percent uh, likelihood of go, of going and graduating from college, that's fine. But uh, maybe this test isn't isn't necessarily for you. But the test the test is there to make sure that students in all of the all of the towns and all of the schools. We have 1,800 different schools in, in in Massachusetts with all kinds of different levels of of opportunity and need, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's there to make sure that. That, that students and you know by the end of, of 10th grade anyway when the MCAS, MCAS tests students in grades three through ten mm -hmm. that they've had they've had the uh, 
the opportunity to learn the same curriculum that the students in towns like like, like Sharon and Westwood had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're both Sharon guys, me and Bob, by the way. Did did um, have you ever taken the MCAT? Oh, I take it every year. You yeah. do? Do you really? Yeah. You, but you're not. You're involved. Well, you, uh, you're chief analyst, so I presume that means you're you're going to tell us about the results and tracking the results and everything. But are you are you involved in the preparation of the test? Uh, no, I, I I review the statistics. I'm 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 on the reporting side. I'm I'm a I'm a education researcher by trade, uh, and I my my uh, specialty people people sometimes confuse me for what 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 we call in the business a psychometrician, a person who measures psychological traits. Mm-hmm. I I am not a trained psychometrician. I'm a I'm a educational researcher, but I I have taken. Um, I, I have become the manager of psychometricians, and I and I I, I uh, supervise the psychometric qualities. That the psychometrics basically means that we're we're, we're holding. We, we give a new test every year. We write a whole new test every year. We're mm-hmm. unusual as a state in that we have to make sure that that the scores from this year are are statistically equivalent to the scores from last year. So if we say you're proficient, or if we say you're meeting expectations under the new, under the next generation MCAS, it means the same thing. The test yeah, difficulty apples hasn't, to apples. hasn't yeah. wandered up, up or down. Right. Uh, psychometrics sounds like uh, a uh, sci-fi movie produced it's, by it's James Cameron starring sci-fi. Brad Pitt or somebody. So the results have been there? The re- our results are the, uh, when we first started administering in 1998, Massachusetts was... A, How long have you been doing this, by uh, the way? I, I, uh, I interned in 1999 with okay. the Department of Education. MCAS was um, a, relatively, uh, a, a relative infant at that time. It yep. was. And... Uh, at that at the time, Massachusetts was middle of the pack, upper middle of the pack. We were, we were about twelfth in the country in terms of our math and English scores on national assessments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were graduating approximately seventy five percent of our high school students finished high school, mm-hmm. and uh, and that we, was seventy percent, really only seventy five percent. It had been that way for thirty years. Mm-hmm. And within yeah, three out of four ain't bad. Within eight years, I admit, you know, I think you'd argue that the two billion dollars was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. But also having 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 standards that people understood, and we have we have among the best teachers, probably the best teachers in the in the in the world mm-hmm. in public for public schools in Massachusetts. And when they and the, when they understood those frameworks and made sure that their students were understanding them, the, the results rose dramatically for for, for a period for, of about ten years. Mm-hmm. And uh, since two thousand five, Massachusetts has been number one in the country in in math and English. In both of the wow. national mm-hmm. tests, the National Assessment of Education Progress (NAEP) in fourth and eighth grade English and math, um, every, every two years they give that test. Massachusetts students have been number one in, the, in that. Um, mm. A little bit, a little bit like our sports teams, Dave. <laughs> yes, yes, an era of championship and glory and prosperity. And what? So, what's the graduation rate up to? Graduation rate now is is eighty nine percent. for for students, in, you know, five year mm. graduation rate. From high school, and we are sending uh, sending about seventy five percent of our kids to college right now, and about fifty seven percent are completing a four year degree. At least that's a projection right now. Yeah. Um, if you count the dropouts, our 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 uh, about fifty percent of our students. Seventy five percent of all kid of all uh, graduating graduating mm-hmm. high school senior uh, high school seniors of graduates go yeah. go to college. Okay. Seventy five percent of African Americans, Dave. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, African Americans actually are, are more likely to go to college in Massachusetts than than and if you. If you're to draw a random boy from yep. Massachusetts, the, the college-going rate of African Americans is higher in Massachusetts. That's great. It's actually a nice little testament to the, the you know African American uh, professional families across the country who hesitate coming to Boston. And let's that's a whole another podcast, I think. But you know we're still trying to shed some of the sins of our past in this city. And Yaki. In, yeah, well, Tom Yaki among them for sure. Hey, we took the sign down, right? Uh, so. 
that um, I didn't know a lot of this. This is so for those of you still complaining about the MCAS, there you go. And the when you mentioned the plaintiff cities in that original case, you mentioned Springfield, Brockton. Rockland. Rock, okay, uh, sounds like um, kind of uh, blue. Co- no offense, Brockton and Springfield, blue collar towns. Yeah, there, uh, there are places that. Well, remember back in the nineties, if those of us of a certain age remember that uh, that most of the of the money for for schools used to come from from town property taxes. Right. And not all. Not every city has pro- has Boston's property tax rate. Right. So. It, it, uh, a lot of them were underfunded. Right, so they just the, the tax dollars weren't there. And have th- those towns have improved in the years since? Right now, uh, with the with the funding formula now, and, and that's being been revised, being revised right now in the legislature. It's in the it's in the Senate now. Okay, uh, we are in the, in the range of sixteen thousand dollars per pupil to, uh, among the tops in the country. Uh, yeah, and. Therefore, and well, we <laughs> have we that. have not achieved uh, what, what I think people are now focused on is equity. Um, even though we have equalized spending and equalized the access to resources, there's still um, play, if you're if you're in a uh, a low income community with a lot of students with with the highest needs, um, the the new funding formula is designed to address some of those needs and says we don't we don't it's not just equal spending it, it's it's now we're starting to look at at. at at spending what's needed to ensure that students have the same opportunities, which means, in some cases, that uh, low-income communities are going to have to spend more mm-hmm. than, than middle and upper upper-income communities. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, for those of you complaining about the MCAS, send your cards and letters to Bob Lee. Um, <laughs> but if this wasn't persuasive, I don't know what was. I, I, like I didn't know a lot about this, and it's. We, I think in general, grew, I grew up here. I mean. I, I grew up in Sharon, actually. I'm a townie, and so the school system is always g- good. But my my folks sent me to private school in ninth grade because they feared when what – I don't think – you weren't around at this point in Sharon anyway. But I was so a West Hartford kid. West, okay, so the, you the, – The Sharon of, uh, of Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I like West Hartford. I have some good friends there. So there was a provision called Proposition 2.5, which came along in Mass, which was – predicted to be Armageddon for education, and my parents freaked out and said, how'd you like to go to Milton Academy, Dave? And I said, yeah, mm, sounds good. And uh, believe me, I'm not complaining. It, uh, it's kind of like Hogwarts there. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't... The only dress code was no jeans, no T-shirts. Yeah, so you had to wear a robe, right? No, you didn't. <laughs> what, yes. what house were you assigned to, Dave? They t- <laughs> there were houses, but it was only... I was a day student, so I so my... Mom and Dad would schlep me to to Milton um, was every Patrick morning. There at the time? No, I missed him by about uh, four or five years. But it's funny you bring that up because uh, when I used to work at Lawyers Weekly, we had we hosted this forum for candidates, and so I had a ended up having a one on one conversation with Deval Patrick as he was running for governor, and I said. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Patrick, I noticed we both went to Milton Academy, and I want to point out for the record that neither one of us was on the hockey team. Uh, and the reason why I said that, because around that time, there was a rather ugly, delicate scandal involving the hockey team and a young lady at Milton Academy. And uh, Duvall looked at me kind of nervously and said, let's just move on, Dave. Uh, and I said, that's, uh, that's, that's good advice. Uh, well, let's just move on then, Dave. Right. And the <laughs> Right. Well, thank you, Bob Lee. Uh, let's move on and take a break before we're going to come back with uh, Bob Lee's unbelievable story of a dark and lonely night in Edinburgh. Edinburgh or Edinburgh? Edinburgh. 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 Um, 
It, I can say one thing good with a Scottish accent. It's, uh, it's not a problem if you know, I can see I already screwed it up. It's not a problem if you haven't gotten them. It's not a problem if you haven't gotten them. I don't know what that means, but it's it's so Scottish. Hey, I saw train spotting. I mean, come yeah, on. Do I they get call my you Scotland Dave the Dock Maker? The, the <laughs> Dave the the Dock Maker. Dave the Dave. yeah. I would I would like a nickname ending in the something to to um, borrow from Game of Thrones, which I know you're a fan of, Bob. And you know who else is a fan of uh, Game of Thrones? As a guy who talks about it on his podcast, I'm going to tell you about him right now. The name of the podcast is Are You Not Entertained? It features Eddie Nathanson of Red Pill Talent. All episodes appear on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Eddie talks to some of the best experts in employer branding across this country. Companies need talent. This is what Eddie does. He finds out how to stand out in this crowded field and attract the right people. But the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Bob, you would dig this podcast because he talks about uh, all kinds of cool pop culture stuff. He talks about other podcasts. He talks about Game of Thrones. He blasts you with... I'm spitting. I'm so excited. He blasts you with pop culture from Spider-Man to Seinfeld, from Tom Brady to Bobby Brady, from Terminator 2 to Tupac Shakur. Subscribe, share, and consume this delicious podcast. Are you not entertained? At pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust... Well, I teased it, Bob, and yes. so um, let me ask you, fair sir, what were you doing in Edinburgh? In wait, Edinburgh, Edinburgh, yeah, yeah. Edinburgh. Uh, you, uh, I've I've already forgotten Edinburgh. how to pronounce it. Edinburgh, Edinburgh. What were you doing in Edinburgh? Well, a nice lad like yourself. No, I went I went to college right. in Baltimore, Dave. And, and uh, I what I, school I did you go like, to? I went to Johns Hopkins. Oh. And, uh, and there, I, I, I finagled a, a, a study abroad uh, semester. In, 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 uh, Smart. I, I was assigned. I, I, I didn't really speak. I, I, was, I, I had pedestrian French. But I, oh, okay. I, I was going to say you didn't speak Scottish. I, 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 <laughs> I managed to find an English-speaking uh, study go. abroad program at the University of Edinburgh, which is kind of a, a really great school. I, got, I was able to study Scottish history and philosophy. And I also got, because my, my mom had never been to Europe, and she said, well, then, uh, it's nice that you get to go to Europe. Uh, let's see if you can li live on the student dole then. And uh, so I, I, was, I was living on a budget of about uh, 3 to $5 a day. Uh, about so wait, about your, folk, your, your mom said go over there, but you're on your own, buddy. You're, yeah. Wow. And, uh, and I was, we, we, well, one thing, you know, going American college student in the 80s, remember, uh, there was no, no end to the, it seemed like practically free beer. I mean, yes, the beer kegs was were $27 <laughs> a piece. Um, it, this was a different experience trying to yeah. live on three, on three pounds a day in, in uh, and we found very so soon on, that we could on beer. Afford. Wait, before you go there, I, I, I'm flashing back to those <laughs> days. And for those that don't remember, it, you know, we really are old, Bob, but, um, there was a bar on the corner of, after I graduated college, so there was like 1991, going to law school, got a kind of ramshack. It wasn't that bad, but an apartment in Alston. And there was a uh, bar on the corner of Commonwealth and Brighton. It is, if you know what intersection I'm talking about, I don't know if it's been cleaned up. It's just the most nondescript, like depressing little intersection you'll find in the city. Sounds like the silhouette. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the bar was just called Bob's or Bill's or something. And the, and we loved it because it was like uh, literally 50 cents a beer. Or maybe yeah. they might have even had 25 cents. 50 cent Molson night in, in, in Long John's Pub in Baltimore. It was yeah. very similar. Or Dollar Pitcher night or something ridiculous like that. And there was a guy in the corner with a guitar playing. We just loved it. And then... <clears throat> one day it it closed down and for renovations or something we didn't know what was going on and 
to add insult to injury, there was a diner next to it that we loved called like oh man, I can't remember what that was called either. But suffice it to say, both closed down, both reopened, and they were flashy and dashy, and the beers were three seventy five, which at the time was like uh, you know that's that's Manhattan a prices. yeah exactly. <laughs> And it was like changing of the guard in around 1992 or something. Very depressing. All right, so take us back to Edinburgh yeah, and well, your five cents. So I'm setting that up is, is to, to tell you, I was I was living on baked potatoes, Campbell's soup, and uh, and haggis at the time, <laughs> and we could not, you know, for three pounds a day, that that, that, that would buy you know, maybe one beer in addition to right. your baked potato. So my my buddies and I uh, we we said we were we were tired of being frankly sober and and not very well fed <laughs> all the time. So we decided we would we would save all our money for a Tuesday night dinner club. Okay. We chose Tuesday night because nobody else was party. We were having the best time in mm, Edinburgh true, on yeah. a, any given Tuesday night. We 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 cooked cooked a gourmet meal. We bought all the wine. Uh, saved our saved Pull our. Pull the mic a little closer, Bob. I don't want to. Saved our pence. There we go. Okay. Uh, all through the week and. Uh, Bought, us, bought ourselves bottles of wine. So anyway, this is a, a, a Tuesday night. We're having fondue. These are your American friends. At a or flat, or as we call them. A flat, sure. a flat in Edinburgh. Yes, I know what a flat is. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, one, of, one of the few things I remember from that party was, uh, you know, I can, I can, I can drink um, while doing a headstand. And uh, <laughs> I remember drinking wine from a popcorn bowl while doing a headstand. <laughs> and uh, so... We were we were in a celebratory mood. Right. Um, by the time by, by about one a.m. when we just, when we wrapped things up, most of my friends piled into a cab. They splurged on the cab fare. You know that was the other thing about Tuesday nights. Yeah. We were living high high yeah. on the hog that one night a week. One night a week. Um, and I decided I looked up and strangest thing, the moon was visible. Yeah. And if you've been to Edinburgh, it, there's it rains about two hundred fifty days of the year. Okay. And it's overcast been, for the other, for seventy five percent of the rest. This was a clear night in Edinburgh, and I I was like. It's a mile, mile or so to walk to walk to my flat back on Mayfair Avenue, and I just I just was walking along. Why not? But of course, also in Edinburgh, eight foot tall stone gray stone walls everywhere, like hedge hmm. hedgerows. Okay. Um, so I really didn't have the best view as I was walking along the narrow streets. That's what I like about Scotland, all the walls. You know, Sorry, good. And as a, like a <laughs> lot of twenty year old uh, Americans at the time, I was a rock climber, so I I scaled the wall and I was uh, wait. Which wall are you scaling? Well, your you know the hedgerow. It's a little, little you got to imagine. You're on your way back from the bar to your flat, well, and it's from our, from our, our our dinner party. Just, sorry, our dinner fondue party. party fondue. With, uh, oh, pardon me. <laughs> And so, and, you're, uh, and there are walls in your way. To get so a better to, view, I, so I climbed the wall, and I'm, yes. I'm walking along the wall, and the walls are all connected. You know, every, every Oh, you're on top of the wall. I'm t- on top yeah. of the wall. Okay, yeah. got it. And then uh, the walls, it turns out. Got, the walls we're building, you can't get over. I'm sorry, go ahead. It was connected to uh, <laughs> yeah. the rooftops, in fact. And then, uh, so I found, I was walking along, looking at the moon and the stars, trying to make out whether I could see the... The Milky Way. I was, I was in a city. Sure. It was beautiful. Scotland's night. And then I stepped through a skylight. <laughs> so you didn't realize it was a skylight, obviously. When I had no idea what it happened. So I you found on, myself At this point, you were back. on a rooftop. This is like something out of Oliver Twist or something. I, I, like, I, my leg had had crashed through a ceiling. I, I was I was in the only thing I could feel insulation around me, yeah. and and you know like like uh, you know two by fours. You know it was not a finished attic. I was in somebody's attic. In somebody's attic. No, uh, but my, only halfway down. And my leg, my leg had had crashed through uh, the, through through the ceiling. And uh, now hold on, You're the, ceil- the a skylight is made of like uh, that translucent kind of plastic. Oh, this was this was level. It was just a level okay, flat green plastic skylight. I see. Okay, it was it was 
it was basically like a little little man trap for Got it. for for twenty year old Scottish <laughs> students walking right. on the rooftops. Yes, and I and I'd, I'd fallen right into the trap. Okay, and uh, yeah. I'd fallen into a, what felt to me like a, a bear pit, but I didn't know. I thought I was in a residential. I'd been in a residential neighborhood. Um, yeah, so your first thought is you, you oh could be in God. somebody's living room. I, like, could how be am I going to explain right. my leg falling yeah. through someone's ceiling? Right, like the you know, ceiling much like this one yeah, in, sure. in the yeah. six one seven pod studios here. Yeah, pod six one seven. But I didn't hear anything. I pulled my leg out. I crawled my way along. I couldn't see anything. The, the, the only light in the in the building was uh, was the moonlight coming. So you have fallen. You have, you're now fall clear about, into about the ten feet. Yeah. Okay, so, and you land on the on some kind of floor, and uh, and you don't break your leg or nope. I, you, I, I, okay, I was, I was no worse for the wear. Okay, yeah. I was I was a little I was loose. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, crawled crawled my way along. You know. You know, you got to imagine. You've been in an unfinished attic, Dave. You know where the where the boards yeah, are, the boards are running vertically, right? And there's insulation between them. So, That's right. So I'm crawling along those boards, you know, hand right. over hand over knee, right? And I made my way to the edge of what was the ceiling. It was so strange. And I I reached out, and there was a a, a big metal shelf. Yeah. And now it's uh, pitch black. Pitch black. Okay. Right. Like one or two pixels of of light. Okay. Um, couldn't see what what was in front of me. I, I felt the I felt the shelf. I, I I crawled out onto this shelf, and then it, it turns out I'd made my an entire rack of mufflers. How could you tell I, they were I, mufflers? Because they landed on me, Dave. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn! And that must have been painful. I, the whole shelf fell down onto the onto what was the shop floor, a right. cement shop floor. So you're in a muffler shop. You with, now you with now several hundred mufflers rattling around, crashing. Oh, um, right and. I I uh, got up and I was like, huh? no, did, didn't didn't break anything. Maybe bruised a little bit. Right, getting a little dirtier as I as I discovered. Right, um, lying on the floor of of what it, what turned out to be in 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 Scottish terms a silencer shop. That's what oh. they call a muffler. Oh, that's uh, what they okay. And, and they drive their steering wheels on the yeah on the right. And it's actually a better name. Muffler is a silencer. Um, stupid American silencer to so us. Like, we think of guns. I've got to okay. get out of here. I I I. I Made my way over to the wall, and I, I I felt my way around the wall. Got to a door, padlocked. Okay. Um, found. A now you're in the proper mu- yeah. muffler shop. You're not yeah. in the attic anymore. But, right. I'm okay. on the floor of the muffler shop. You're on the floor of the muffler shop. Work. My now, way can around. you see? Can you kind of see things a little bit better now? Not no. much. Not much. Not okay. much. Okay. Um, there there was a little light coming from the office. Turns out I landed on the office. You know, sort of, sort see, of where, yeah. they, where they do their business. That was uh, that was fortunate. I think falling the fr- the full twenty feet, I might not have been so so well after no, that. Yeah. But uh, I landed on the on the on the ceiling on the, on the you know a one story little enclosed area where they where they did their business and their their their, their paperwork. Yeah. Um, now and now I was over, out in the muffler you know where, where where people went to shop for their mufflers I guess or yeah. where they stored their mufflers that they and there were a bunch of cars in for repairs, and I made my way around. There, the only windows I found had that had that little metal uh, you know the shatterproof uh, wiring in them, okay. and they were about. About eight inches tall, and I, I wasn't. You're not going to get through I that. Right. If I smashed those out, I wasn't going to fit through that window. The 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 bay, the garage bay doors, those were locked, padlocked shut. Mm-hmm. I I I was. It was two in the morning, Tuesday night in Edinburgh. No police sirens or anything, but uh, yeah. I had no way out. You now realize you're you're facing the proposition of spending the night in a in a cold dark uh, muffler shop, and and even worse, wondering what's going to happen when the guy comes in in the morning, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 
I decided uh, job one was getting out. Yeah, let's get out. And uh, I'd been reading Winston Churchill's uh, History of World War II, and uh, it felt like England during during the, uh, <laughs> the Battle of Britain. Um, you know, I, I, I had resolve, and I I, sure. I, I was going to find a way out. I, w- I made my way around that the walls two or three times. I, the entire perimeter of this muffler shop, sizable, sizable shop. Yeah. Um, kind of like uh, Pep Boys almost. It was a, it was a big one. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is clearly your leading muffler shop in, uh, in mm-hmm. Edinburgh. Um, well, I don't know how brisk the Edinburgh industry is and uh, the muffler industry is. Who knows, right? I, I managed to take one of the <laughs> office chairs um, okay. for, from the little, little office area, relatively small. I, I, I managed to, put, to shove it up through the hole in the ceiling I'd made with my leg. <laughs> yeah. And I crawled, and using, using the desks, I, I, I was able to crawl back up to where I'd originally fallen through. Yeah, get back where you came from. Stacked that yeah. office chair. It was like one of these little swirly, whirly, whirly chairs. Yeah. And I stood up on that, and I, I was able to jump up and, 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 grab the, and, and grab the skylight that I'd originally fallen through, and it gave way again. <laughs> and you fell again? <laughs> and I fell again. I made a much bigger hole in the ceiling. This is like uh, Indiana Jones and Marion in the, in the well of souls trapped in there trying to get out the, after being pushed in. That that didn't. You're work. welcome for that reference, America. By, by around hour yeah. three, Dave. Yeah. Um, I I located a pegboard with some car keys on it. Okay. And uh, I said, Nah. Well, let's see. I, I took I took the car keys and I went over to one of the cars that was in the in the shop for repairs and I uh, tested it out. You, know, you got did, in the you got, got in the right side of the car. You know where the driver. So you side. managed to find <laughs> you managed to find a key and in, in almost pitch black and then make your way to. A car. So there were car. This is so big. There's a car, the place where people have actually pulled in. Mm-hmm. Cars were under repair. Cars were yeah. under repair in this place, right? Yeah. Okay. This one, so this now one I'm had a, it. I, I started it up to make sure to see if it worked, and it did. I, 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 do they I, drive on the same side we do? No, uh, they drive on the left. The other side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and they and the, and the so steering the, wheels on the right. It's another twist to the story. It was a standard transmission. I'd never okay. used one, and, and the reverse was over to the over to the left. It, it was all. It was everything was chaotic. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I just said that was wrong. That was wrong. That you, you can't you can't just you know blast your way out of a muffler shop at three in the morning or five in the morning by now is what it might have been. But but, you, uh, but what were the other? Options? I, I gave yeah. it one more try. I wa- walked around the muffler shop again. I tried one more time through the ceiling. Through the it, I was just making that I was just making a worse worse mess out of that ceiling that every time I went up there. Right. Um, so I went back. There was no other way out, Dave. I uh, I started I started the engine. <laughs> Found found reverse in this in the standard transmission, and I pulled it in reverse, and I smashed it into the the garage bay door, and it didn't it bent but did not break. <laughs> oh God! It was corrugated it- steel. Um, pulled it forward. And on this the third- is one of those moments where I don't know if you kind of caught yourself and said. <laughs> uh, they say like bad decisions are usually not immediate bad decisions. They're a result of a bunch of little bad decisions, and so there was that, really that may apply. No other. I had, so I now had you're down to no other you're down to this. This is where we're feasible. at. I, I, yeah. The third time through, I blasted. Oh, I blasted the gar- the garage bay door open. I yep. Pulled the pulled the keys out of the uh, ignition, and then I I ran home. It was only three blocks from my house, uh, from my my flat at the time. All right. So the garage bay door it. Is like knocked over, knocked off its it, it, off its. It was uh, kind of bowed outward because it's okay. metal, so I I I, I sort bent. of yeah. bowed it out and pressed it through. Yeah, Dave. And the dog, the, the the dog, the car made. Thank God there's there no, no thank dogs. God there were no guard dogs. Yeah, the car makes it all the way through, mm-hmm. and 
Well, yeah, I mean, you could have driven home, yep. but then you got yourself a stolen car. So no, I guess, no. I, so, I so you left, the, I left you the car. <laughs> there was a cab. There was a cab driving by at the time. He stopped and looked at me, and that's what. So I, I ran. Ooh, I ran witness. into an alley and yep. climbed up the trellis into the kitchen window of my apartment. Yep. So presumably and, no one saw me. <laughs> and uh, and uh, sorry, sorry, whoever's muffler oh shot that God. was. I, uh, I always meant to. Uh, Formally you apologize. You Thirty-one never, years. You think statute of limitations on? Uh, I think it's run. Yeah, I think I, you're I okay. I was thinking about deportation. I think that was my <laughs> other alternative at the time. But that was my other way out. Yeah. So um, I, I still have a lot of follow-up questions. This is unbelievable. The, 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 I think it was the, the moral the, thing to do, Dave. I, I, I was I, I, through no fault of my own. I had fallen into a muffler shop, but I, I I had been imprisoned. <laughs> I think it was many things. Uh, uh, first and foremost, a great story. A moral decision, I'm not so sure. Um, what we had the next morning must have been... Well, first of all, did you ever like happen by that muffler well, shop? The next morning, I went to class. Y- did you? Yes. And did you see... Did it you- was under repair. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for a while. Uh, I just... I was wondering what the guy... <laughs> I, yeah, I imagine that... The, what do you think happened here? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, know. I can't figure it. They, didn't, they haven't stolen a thing. Um... Yeah, and you, you probably had a couple of uh, several Scottish, hundred mufflers <laughs> yeah, on the floor. I picture these confused Scottish bobbies standing. Do they call them bobbies in Scotland? No, they call them bobbies <laughs> in, uh, in the UK. Uh, looking up at the hole, and I bet they figured it out. You know, some some guy fell through the hole, and then chaos ensued, and hilarity ensued. Oh my God, you drove. Okay, so that that's um. I mean, uh, talk about a bucket list, uh, listeners. If raise your hand if you've ever driven a uh, uh, a Scottish car through a, a garage door in order to escape and save your life. I bet you haven't, and that's what you get here on the Boston Podcast. Great story, great story. Thanks, Dave. Hold on, let's give you a uh, proper send off for that one. Um, so. We're going to play good stuff, and Bob's going to give us a couple recommendations as to podcasts that he listens to, because we like to do that here. Before we do, though, just because it's it's because uh, our, it's our national duty to comment on Game of Thrones, um, I think for the rest of this calendar year, and then we can finally put it to bed. <laughs> By then, they'll have some reboot, prequel, some crazy thing going on. But um, but you read the books. So yes, and you so you're an aficionado. You're you're more and um, you mentioned that you listened to my conversation with Game of Thrones experts Lisa Healy yes, earlier Dave, on I, the show. That was a brilliant uh, one, one of my favorite podcasts on oh, the thank subject. You. Appreciate it. And that was I think before I think we did that just before the finale. So tell me, uh, yeah, because Lisa's theory was the first few episodes were unkind to the female characters in, in terms of their independence and and all that, but. So your thoughts, your thoughts, because well, you've got a nation of people who are, they're all over the place. Some people liked it. Some people are crying. You owed us more. I think, and I think we're going to get more. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin is aiming for 2020. Uh, the, there's a, a world science fiction convention in New Zealand in 2020, and he has he is promised that he'll have the books done. He's, he, frankly, he's promised to have them done um, before many times, but yeah. uh, this time I think I think we are going to see a different ending. Uh, possibly, uh, uh, I think some of the same main elements are going to be there. I think he did share that with with Benioff and Weiss, the, produ- the HBO producers. But uh, you know, in the, in the books, Jon Snow is still dead. You know, he's he's he hasn't. Oh, I didn't know He's that. sitting there oh. at the at, at the wall. He's just been uh, been stabbed by his uh, by the black the Black Watch. Uh, his so the soldiers. So we have the, a lot the res- to, yeah, a lot so to the resolve it. Yeah. Books. So the resurrection uh, 
is, as far as we know, a concoction of the the TV show producers. Is that uh, right? Yeah, they they did consult with um, right. on major on major plot points. That would be major. George R. R. Martin, you had to think about this. But Martin is a, is a world builder, and, right. and what we saw, and, and I think what, the reason people loved the show so much is that he really built a world with he, he, had, he built seven religions. He, he, he mm. as you've pointed out several times on your podcast, yeah. a Dothraki language with nine thousand right. words in its vocabulary and, yeah. and different consonants, even. Yeah. Um, and and, and it isn't meant to be. It isn't meant to be a five act play. Right. You know, it's not, it's not like the world ends. Um, whoever, whoever takes the throne then has to rule. And yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's an interesting. Our main point. characters in are other words, to the four compass points, Dave. There, there's a there's a there's there's a, we got Grey Worm going south to liberate the slaves in Nath. We've got, we yep. have uh, uh, Danny who who. Is certainly a, a candidate for resurrection, uh, being taken by her dragon, That's t- right. taken back east. There's and there's all sorts of red magic there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Arya heading heading to the New World in, in the west. Yeah, I guess Danny. We saw her die, but she was only dead for a short while before it's the dragon scooped her up. A lot so. less of a wound than Jon Snow. That's right. So, <laughs> mm, fair point. Um, yeah, so that but that's interesting. It's 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 not to get too philosophical here, but it's kind of a commentary on. On art, like I mean, w- is it nece- is it necessarily people are, are are disappointed with the end? Was there necessarily supposed to be an end? You know, what? Why does there have to be no, an end? It was, it was the end of uh, of the Benioff and Weiss story that had to be told. They had a they, they had who is that? Ben- those are the the HBO uh, show oh. showrunners. Oh, those guys. The the yeah. They, those guys. And they were given a right. lot of license. The last two seasons was all Benioff and Weiss with with only some consultation with Martin right. and very little else. As it, 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 they they probably needed more support. As people felt like they didn't have all the uh, have all the details or the time to finish that story. They had to land that. They had to land that plane, that yeah, whatever. It was running out of fuel. <laughs> they had to land the dragon, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and, and they brought it. They brought it down, and you know, they gave us this this small council that's going to elect the future rulers of Westeros. Yeah. So, well, I guess I'm kind of with you, and I I was not disappointed by it. I'm not as much of a junkie as everyone. I certainly saw all the all the episodes of uh, the run of the TV show, and uh, you know it's. It's almost like there's too much focus on the end. The, the end in, in the end of anything in by definition is disappointing. It's sad. Um, I remember writing an essay which was never published anywhere because I wasn't working for any newspaper. But when David Ortiz retired, mm. right? So he ended up his last game. If you you will recall, Bob being yeah. a, a, a big uh, Red Sox freak, it was a nondescript playoff loss to the Indians. It was, it, we, you know, it was a meek ending for the team in Poppy's yep. last season. He happened to have had a, a wonderful season. He had like a, a revival. home runs? Yeah, for, for a guy his age who's on the way out, it was tremendous. And he, I was at the game. He had this moment where he drew a walk in his final at bat and and uh, which everyone was That's kind of ter- like brand taking the throne isn't it? It, <laughs> it is quietly yeah quietly ascending to the throne and he you could you could feel the air go out of the stadium when when it was ball four and i think he walked on four pitches and so he's standing there at first base and everyone's sort of deflated and the red sox are still trailing by a run or two with hanley with hanley remember him hanley yeah. ramirez like at the play and Poppy starts waving his arms up, like trying to get the crowd fired up. And it was just a cool moment because it was he was like kind of looking at us, going, "Hey, w- what's your problem? We let's we still got to win this game." And Hanley got a base hit, and uh, we still lost, of course. But I remember writing in this essay that in the end, 
Poppy's finale was exactly what we thought it would be, sad. You know, it's going to be sad. It's going to be sad. So there's no matter how great the show would have ended, I think fans were geared up to be disappointed because it's like we we all do want more. Like I'm I'm sad that it's out of my life. You know, I was you know I was sad when The Sopranos ended that I wasn't gonna get to visit with Polly Walnuts. You know, every week. You know, I mean, it's it becomes part of you. You know, it's it's all make believe, but it's you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And that, but but Martin because he wasn't writing. A story with a with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, I, he's left us with a world, and and it, right. it, it's very much for for you know our, our American Tolkien, as uh, as he's been called. Uh, he's left he's left a lot of a lot of places for us to take his characters and and and, and the and the continents that he created, yeah. and the conflicts, and try to bring them out of the dark ages. And TV, both TV and movies have one of the. It's it's become like a running joke to me that. Every new like uh, miniseries, TV series uh, has to have uh, time shifting. We have to. <laughs> there has to be at least a couple episodes where all of a sudden we're ten years earlier, or we're twenty years in the future, or whatever. On the other hand, that there, it, so it's become a little much in some places because it can get confusing. In in the, are you a true detective fan? No. Okay, so not not a true detective. Well, well, you're looking at me like, what, you want me to talk about it? No, no I'd, I'd like, I'd like to, I, I'm looking for suggestions at all times. True Detective is, is great. Obsessive seasons shows. one, and as odd as it may seem, all fans will agree with me, hmm. seasons one and seasons three, not season two, not the one with Vince Vaughn. They oh, just They just missed. I did watch season yeah. one. I, see, I watched season one and two season and one. I gave up after season two. Oh, okay. I, I, so, I, I shut it out of my mind. So season three. Season three okay. is tremendous with... Uh, I'm gonna murder his name, Maresha Ali, whatever his name is, the guy from Green Book, who's just outstanding actor, and uh, and the the guy from oh shoot, I'm gonna mess up his name. I don't know. Uh, good, listen, Google it, people. I don't have to do all the work for you, do I? See, uh, actually, we'll ask Alexa. Alexa, who are the stars of True Detective season three? And speak up, please. She's thinking. Hold on. Sorry, I'm not sure. She says sorry, I'm not sure. <laughs> what good are you? Seriously. No better than you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Uh, what the hell is Ron, that guy's ask name? Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yeah, the point Dave is, Dave has a Ron Burgundy bobblehead would, doll in the studio. Of course, he's the patron saint of of podcasting and has his own podcast now, which is outstanding and hilarious. He's uh, shaking his head. He doesn't know. Either. He is. He is. Come on, Ron. I'm sorry. I'm not aware of that particular TV program because I'm stuck in 1977. True Detective season three. I, I mean, I want our listeners to have all the all the uh, info, and of course, it stars. My, I, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, and I'm looking at it. Mar Mar uh, Mahashara Mahashara Ali. I don't know. The oh. guy's won Oscars, and I can't pronounce his name and Emmys. I'm sorry. Stephen Dorff is the guy's name I was looking for. He, Stephen Dorff plays his partner. So they kind of slip into the uh, you know Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey mold, oh, right. mold. Completely different story, although same universe, to borrow a comic book tor- term. But the only reason I brought this up in the first place, way to get to your point quickly, Dave, was there's a lot of time shifting. In fact, there are there are sort of three different stories running at different points in time. So it just can get a little confusing. However, what's cool about this is. You get a show like Breaking Bad, which is my favorite mm-hmm. show of all time, and applauded uh, justifiably for its satisfying conclusion. But it's still like you miss the show. And well, so, what about Better Call Saul? Well, that's that's where I was going with that. Yeah. So, what did they do? They take a, a different character who was not the central character, although a lovable character, and say, hmm, I "Wonder what his backstory was." And now we've got a whole new show. It's oh. like when Mark Mark for Mark. 
yeah. uh, came and visited Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mork's origin story. He shows up on Happy Days, which ironically was the beginning of Mork, Mork and, and really the end of Happy Days. I mean, who, whose idea was it? We've got this lovable, nostalgic show about the 50s, and uh, let's have an alien show up. Like, why? 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 Which, by the way, the thing that I, I could do a whole show on Happy Days, but but um, think about this for a minute. Happy Days came out about 1975, I want to say, mm-hmm. and uh, it was called Happy Days because the 50s were known to be happy days. They were known to be, you know, kind of friendly, you know, families were thriving, the country was doing relatively well, blah, blah, blah. It so it basically flashed back about 20 years. So if we were to do that now, we would be creating a lovable sitcom about the year 1999, which I don't even remember. Oh my goodness. Right? Yeah, I was going was to think about that. 70s show was the, was a similar did pattern the same back in the, up, thing. in the aughts. But yeah, wh- how could we where, possibly Where is do the it happy now? days of today? There, I, I don't remember anything being that different in 1999. <laughs> Clinton administration, we had. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we can go back and look at that, but it's not like uh, the average home was so much different looking or fashion was that much different, was it? Maybe it was. We don't no realize. phones. I don't know. No cell phones. No cell phones. That's the name of your show right there. It, it's, it's a hit. Coming from to ABC, no cell phones. <laughs> remember those days when we didn't have cell phones? Who was <laughs> that actor? Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, hey, leave me alone, man. I'm trying to do a podcast every day. I can't remember everybody's name. Stephen Dorff. I'm sorry. I apologize to you and your family. We're going to play good stuff now. Let's, uh, let's do this. It'll pick up the podcast immediately. Oh, that's the good stuff. Still my first coffee here, Bob. All right, I, it's my second. I had one at home before I came to the studio. Anyway, so we uh, on good stuff. We give stuff to you, the listener, that we consider to be good. It's really a revolutionary segment. I don't know if it's ever been tried in the history of podcasting. We usually talk about TV shows, movies. Could be a new restaurant. Could be a new app on your phone. Today we're going to talk about other podcasts, just podcasts that we dig. And uh, Bob Lee, do you have one? Yeah, I have a. I, I'll give you three. Um, wh- I'll take them. One, uh, Dave, I, because it re- you remind me of it. Uh, Mike Pesca's The Gist, a daily podcast. He's committed to daily podcasting oh like yourself. Oh, hey. He's, uh, Someone else uh, is doing it. It's yeah. topical. He, he gives a... What's, he gives sorry, a, I don't know this. What's the guy's it's, name? It's The Gist. The Mike, Gist. Mike okay, Pesca. He's a, uh, he's a half Jewish, half Catholic kid from uh, New York, and, he, and he's got the gift of gab, and he just... And he, and he, Wait a minute. That's like <laughs> me. I'm half, I'm half Jewish, half Catholic by blood anyway. You, wow. You're going to like this guy. Right, I got to check he's, this he's guy got, out. He's, he's got a great following. And he gives a daily commentary. Um, one that one that uh, Michael Lewis have you have you uh, followed against the rules by Michael Lewis? It's a, that's out in the last uh, few months. That's one that that hits me personally. It, it, just just give the first episode a try. It's called it's called Ref You Suck. And it, <laughs> now I know Michael Lewis, of course. So he so he's uh, the so, author of Moneyball, and he, and he spends right. time in the in the studio with his son, who's eleven years old, and and he he asks his son why he's how how he has the tem- his son has the temerity to complain about the refs. He he, he just fouled out a game. He he goes. How how old is his son? Eleven. Oh, eleven. Oh, this is and, great. And I wish I had thought of this. He's wondering. He's just been listening to games where there's uh, an entire crowd at, at, a, at a Warriors game sh- chanting 
refs, you suck. <laughs> refs, right. you suck. Right. Where, how did we get to this point in America yeah. where it's okay? These are, these are the referees. They right. are there to, to, to trying to be assiduously fair. They make, they make mistakes, but even his point is with, with the, with the replay, they don't even make mistakes anymore. And that's when, and the right. superstars, are going after them. This, I, I, I take it personally because as the, as the chief analyst of the MCAS program, I feel like I'm a ref. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the kids to do well, but I, I also have to say you got that one wrong. Yeah. And, and people are, and people complain and people, what, why do we have such trouble with these people who, who, are, who are trying to be the judges in our lives? It's amazing. Hold so on one sec. Hold on one that. sec. Let's see if we can uh, listen in on a little of, uh, Refs, you suck. Hey, I, I need, scale well, of course you can't because you got to listen to an ad first on YouTube or whatever the <laughs> hell I'm on. It, Thanks it, a lot, iHeart.com. Get it right next time. So, um, and he, but he just does and an it's, interview. It's an eight it's an, episodes. Uh, oh, it's series. a short run it's kind of thing. It's a short run, yep. Okay. And he, and he talks, he just talks about, you know, so what do we do? What, like, what do you do when the, uh, with the, the victims of the World Trade Center? You know, how do you, how do you compensate them? There's a compensation fund. How, how do, how do the, there's a, there are some people that we trust to, to adjudicate fairly. But, you know, it, it, it's connected in with, the, you know, the politics of the time where, where people are, are calling Washington the swamp. You know, as, as a government official, I'm often just there trying to make sure that, that, that everything is running. And, and yet, and, and it's a never-ending cascade. I'm a commissioner in, in our men's softball league. Um, I hear about it every time uh, someone makes oh, a bad I, call yeah. or when it rains. I, my phone is blowing up right now because there's rain in the forecast. Are we, are you gonna, I'll call the game this time. We're going to have to play in the mud again. You know? so people, <laughs> you're saying people are entitled. and like it, it's, um, it, it's a mix of a lot of different things I think you're talking about. You've got, you've got uh, people who take things too seriously. You've got – I mean the, the youth sports thing is uh, – strange phenomenon unto its own and i blame aau a lot because aau has created this um this uh, pattern now a system really where get your kid on the best team so he can do the best so he can go on to the pros mm-hmm. and of course you know one percent of one percent of the kids are going to have a sniff of the pros but the, the, it, it's made par- parents of there have always been insufferable parents me among them i have complained i complain of the rest of my kids game all the time because i can't help myself but and, and it's bad, and I need to work on it. Yeah, the, one, and, the one time you don't have empathy is when someone makes a call against your kid. It's true, yeah, it's true because it's double. It's like you think it's the team you're rooting for, and it's your kid. It's your it's your it's your blood. But I, I do have uh, a little bit of Michael Lewis's podcast here. If we want to take a quick listen, so we're walking across a parking lot in Secaucus, New Jersey. We're surrounded by concrete, nothing green. It took a lot to get me to this place. They're chain hotel and motels in someone's idea of a mall. But I have a hunch, a suspicion, about the crisis that we find ourselves in. Uh, it's filled with cheap chain restaurants, and we're surrounded on all sides by freeways. It's like what people think about when they tell jokes about New Jersey. I think you can see what's going on right here in Secaucus. Uh, and we're approaching uh, a four-story... Now is this the? Is he's, this he's the, entering the, 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 the studio where they where they review every, where, where where NBA games are 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 reviewed oh. by officials. So he's, oh, he's in a, a strip mall in New Jersey where there are a bunch of ah. referees reviewing every single play. And as you know, in, in today's game, if the ref 
uh, spins his finger, yeah. that means he wants to, wants see, to the re- see the replay. He wants to see the replay. And it may, it may be even a foul. Maybe, you know, was that an intentional foul? Was that, right. um, who, who did that ball go off out of? And, yeah. and they have to be, they have every, every angle, every camera angle in this studio. And he describes it. So they're getting the calls right. And still people and are still people bitching about yeah. their calls. Yeah. This is the intro to the podcast, I guess. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a well done yeah, it seems to be produced Lewis. up. Out of the Malcolm Glads. And this um, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. The yeah, Gladwell uh, School. It's a show about... Well, give me just a minute to get to that. This is peak beige. It is. <laughs> it doesn't get beige, does it? It's like... It, this is a place where brown is an exciting color. Ugh. Love the sound effects. And the door is locked. It sounds like Secaucus. Uh, yeah, right, right. So I get the point. He, he, what he's pointing out is that you wouldn't know that in this nondescript place in Secaucus, New Jersey, is where they review all the. Yeah. And so, all right, I get the spirit of it. I'm, I'm going to listen to this. This sound. This sounds really cool. I know I've I've seen um, that this is a popular podcast on like the big hit lists and everything, but th- these are the the. These types of thinkers are ripe for podcasts because Ma- I listen to Malcolm Gladwell's and I liked most of them. His his podcast, mm-hmm. Revisionist History. Did you listen? Yes, yes, absolutely. Did you listen to the one on Wilt Chamberlain? Yes. Remember about shooting the free throws underhand? That was fascinating. For, for those that don't know, Wilt Chamberlain was a notoriously terrible free throw shooter and one year switched to shooting underhanded, which according to Gladwell's experts he talked to, is actually the best way to shoot. Mm-hmm. If you talk to like a, a, a physics statistically, expert, yeah. Yeah, statistically, you shoot underhanded. You, you have a, just a better angle at making it. And it worked, and yet he abandoned it because I, I guess the, the best explanation was he thought he looked stupid when he was doing it, <laughs> which is really interesting. Well, so, it's sort of like having a, an opener instead of a starting pitcher. It, it, yeah. It may make sense, but you just feel you feel like you, like you cheated or something. Or yeah, like you didn't right. follow the, the, the rules of the game. And right. Be, Right. Well, uh, yeah, I love the questioning, whole questioning convention thing. And, and I'm going to listen to this rough you suck. I mean, my, my, I don't know if I have a theory on this, but the, it's like the chickens coming home to roost with, it's like you wanted instant replay. You wanted us to get everything perfect. You know, be careful what you ask for, mm-hmm. because there are moments in NBA games where they, they redo something. And it's like, it's one of these moments that say like a player on the Celtics, like Gordon Hayward is, is holding the ball near out of bounds and an opponent comes over and slaps the ball and the ball goes out of bounds. Now it's to but all it rolls off his pinky. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I don't I have mixed feelings about it because it's like any like in as we grew up and we watched basketball, that particular play is ball back to the Celtics. Obviously, right? The other guy yeah. slapped it out of bounds. But if you like slow down the replay, you notice the guy slapped it but as he slapped it, the the technically the last part of the ball to touch anybody it touched Gordon Hayward's fingertips as it went out of bounds. So ball to the, the uh, like, and it's like maybe we shouldn't be looking at every play this closely. I don't know. So um, so that's a, a great one, Bob. Thank you. So um, and you said three. Do you want to give my us third, the last one? My there? third yeah. is if, if you haven't listened to Bagman, uh, Rachel no, Maddow's uh, take on Spiro Agnew. Um, she go, goes back. She does some deep archival research. Uh, that it t- things I, I used to be a, a, a reporter in in in, in Maryland. And, oh, cool! And Spiro Agnew was living in Arnold, Maryland, near, near Annapolis, and he was a shadowy figure at the time. And uh, she digs out some of the deepest, darkest shadows. And it's it's as we head into uh, our our summer of possibly impeachment hearings. Uh, it's a it's a it's a timely. Bob has a smile on his face <laughs> when he says that. <laughs> a timely investigation. Let's get them, people. Yeah. Um, 
Well, we've excellent. been there before, Dave. We we have with mixed results, I guess. But uh, so, thank you for being. I hope you had fun, Bobbly. I loved it, Dave. Bobbly, um, chief analyst Talk about for your bucket MK- list. Yeah. Oh well, hey man, this lives for, the, for better or worse. This podcast lives forever on pod 617com and on Apple Podcasts and elsewhere. If you like this podcast, if you like this plug. If you like this podcast, please uh, contribute to my fund so I can learn how to speak. No. Easy for you to say. Dude. Easy for me to say. Please share it with a friend or a colleague is what I was trying to say. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And if you want your own podcast, just uh, check out pod six, pod617.com. You can come into our studios and become a podcast star of your own. Bob Lee, will you come back sometime? Because I feel like we left some stuff on the table. That's what I did. All I right. came in. <laughs> he did. He did living proof of the glory. Half of life is being on time. That's right. Showing up. Bob was early, by the way. Uh, on behalf of Bob Lee, I'm David Yaz. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>